Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. When we started this series, This Is Our Story, we, we just wanted to take you back to find out so that you'll know what your ancestry really is. And I've said to you at the beginning, spirit is thicker than blood. Spirit is thicker than blood. That when you got born again, if you're in this room and you gave your heart to Jesus and he saved you, rescued you from your sin and your eternal destination is settled. It's settled, by the way. Did you know that? It's already settled. Your eternal destination is settled then something happened between me and you. That made you my brother or my sister the day that happened. Because I gave my heart to, so we all have one father. Let me know, some of you didn't get it. We only have, we have one father. I know you have a bloodline. I can trace my bloodline back. I can trace it all the way back. I'm red, I'm Native American a proud member of the Tunica Biloxi Indian tribe in Marksville, Louisiana. There is a casino there. Yes, my family does benefit from that. So if you are going to sin, go there. (laughs) I've seen some of you there before. I was there just to play golf and I met this lady who goes to our church and she said, oh, she was in there gambling. And I was walking through to go to the buffet. And she said, Pastor Eugene, I am so sorry. Oh, please forgive me. Pray for me. And I said, I'm going to, pr- listen, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray you win. 50% goes to the Lord. <laughs> How many of you go for that deal right there? She was so embarrassed. Can, can I tell you something? I'm proud of my heritage, but my heritage goes far back beyond red. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And then when I became, became a Christian, Jesus became my father. And if he became your father, then that makes us brother and sister. And spirit is thicker than blood. I got some blood in my, I got some, I got some family that I have to explain. And I'm closer to people that are spirit than people that are blood. Okay, so track with me through this. We've been going through our history, our ancestry, our spiritual ancestry. We've gotten all the way from Adam and Eve all the way through Noah, how we're all connected through Noah. That's bloodline. Then Abraham starts our spirit line, the father of our faith. And then we've gotten all the way down to the 12 tribes, Israel, captivity in Egypt for over 400 years. Everybody say slaves. Yeah, we all come from slaves. 400 years of slavery. Adam, I mean, Moses is going to be used by God to deliver them out of Egypt. You remember that? Ten plagues, ten plagues, Red Sea. They're going to get saved from Egypt, salvation, go through the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, water baptism, and that's where we're going to pick up our story today in Exodus chapter 16. Sometimes the word just needs to be the word, and today it's just going to speak to you. I'm going to go through verses 1 through 20. And it's just going to speak to where we are right now. It's like this chapter, I've read this chapter a hundred times probably, but it speaks more today than it has the 99 other times I've ever read it. 
It's a word from the Lord for you today. Just go ahead and look at your neighbor right now and say, God's gonna speak to me today. And he's gonna use a red man. (laughs) Let's jump into it. Exodus chapter 16. It's just gonna be raw and real, is that okay? We're just gonna do it raw and real. Here we go. Exodus chapter 16, verse one. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam, everybody say Elam, and they journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. Everybody pause for a second. Let me tell you where they're at. They've gone through the Red Sea and they've been resting at Elam. What is Elam? Elam was an oasis. It was a vacation spot. It was Destin, Florida. They've been there for 30 days. So they're slaves come out of Egypt. Remember, Egypt's giving them silver and gold as they come out, go through the the Red Sea, and then they rest for 30 days. After 400 years of slavery, they finally get a vacation. 30 days in Elam. They are lounging, baby. They're kicking back. They're in between Elam. They're gonna go to Mount Sinai. Anybody knows what happened? Does anybody know what happens at Mount Sinai? Famous event. The Ten Commandments, thank you. Who was that? Right back there, very smart. Very, do you see how smart people are that go to this church? I don't know what the rest of you were doing. You're like, I don't know. That's where they're gonna get the Ten Commandments. So they've been lounging, and in between lounging and the law is the wilderness. So they've been lounging for 30 days, chilling, going, we're finally free from slavery. And I want you to see what happens. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel. Mm. They complained about Moses and Aaron. Now I want you to think about that complaining. I, I, I know no one in this church ever complains. Ever. I I am the pastor of this campus, and there have been times in our history that some of you have complained. Sometimes a complaint can be legitimate. But there have been times where I've walked through this very sanctuary, and someone would grab me and say, Pastor Eugene, it's too hot in here. And then you walk 20 foot later, 20 feet later, and someone grabbed me and go, Pastor Eugene, it's too cold in here. In the same walk. How many of you know, if one says it's too hot and the other says it's too cold, I'm looking for Goldilocks, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's probably right. So they, they began to complain. Now I want you to think about, I want you to see what's just happened to them. They've gone through 10 plagues, four they only had to experience. Six they didn't. God distinguished between Egypt and Israel. They've watched the Passover They've experienced silver and gold as they left Egypt. They experienced the parting of the Red Sea, walking through it. I'm certain there were days of gratitude when things like that happened. They would say, thank you, Jesus. Well, they would say, thank you, God, instead of Jesus, because they don't know about Jesus yet. And they would say, thank you, God. And now they finally get to Elam, 
resting for 30 days. They probably said thank you, God, for that the first week they were there. And now they're starting to, what is it about us that it doesn't take long before you experience the incredible things of God and then you start to complain? It happens in church. I've, I've, I've had people come in and testify. Pastor, you, you're not going to believe what happened to me. Praise God. You can see them in worship, giving God all the praise and glory. And two weeks later, they're like, it's too hot in here. Now, no, what happened to two weeks ago? Something, they began to complain. What was their complaint? Watch this. We're gonna, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what their complaints were. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to what? Starve us to death. I, I did some research on this because there is absolutely Nothing in scripture or even outside of scripture commentaries that write about Israel coming out of Egypt, spending 30 days in Elam, and then all of a sudden people began to starve. Now they might have been hungry, but they weren't starving. How many of you have ever been hungry, but you said you were starving? How many right now? You're going, I'm starving. <laughs> Can we wrap this up? Johnny's like, come on. Johnny, you're always hungry. What are you talking about? How many of you have ever done this? You lie, you fry. Men, this is for you. If you're in church and you lie, how many of you have ever gone to the refrigerator, opened it up, and stood there for a moment and said, honey, we ain't got nothing to eat in this house. How many of you have ever... How many of you know, you, you, that's not true. What you meant to say was, we don't have many choices, right? The choices are shrinking. There's always something. Men, is that true? The, what, here, I, I'm going to use this word. They were anticipating what was going to happen. Moses brought us out here. We got to get to Sinai. There's a wilderness in between us, and we don't have that many options. Did you bring us out here so that we would starve to death? So they're anticipating, everybody say anticipating, what was going to happen. It's not what happened. They're anticipating the trouble that is ahead of them. And so they began to murmur and complain about something they have not yet experienced. Are y'all tracking with me right now? Because, okay, everybody look right here because we're walking through some serious times in our culture and in our nation. We've walked through some serious things, pandemics, political um, uh, tribalization, all of those things. We walked through that. It looks as if there's a lot more difficult things we're about to walk through. And there are. We, they haven't got to the law yet. They haven't got to the law yet, but they're going to get to the law, the Ten Commandments of God. They're going to get there, but they haven't walked through that yet, and they're already anticipating 
what is going to happen. So I'm with you. I mean, we're walking through a lot, right? Right, just take gas prices. I mean, we're, we're going, oh man, I, I, I went the other, Heidi and I had to get gas last trip out. And you get gas, and I, I stopped it on 100. I'm like, just for principle's sake. I could have went ahead and filled it up, but I just went, you know how you do at the end? I mean, every time you do that now, it's like 12 bucks, right? <laughs> and I stopped it on 100. That's it. No more. And you go, where's that going to go? I don't know where it's going to go. But if you start anticipating, then you can start complaining. Don't forget all that God has already done for you. That you remember what he's brought you through, and if you start anticipating the hunger in the future, you'll get your eyes off of him and start complaining about whatever, right? You'll find somebody to blame. And so he's telling them, they're, they're, they're anticipating the difficult journey ahead. I, I was sharing this with uh, Pastor Myron and Victor, uh, our worship director, and uh, Kevin, we were in the office, and I was sharing this word, and Victor just jumps up and goes, I know exactly what you're talking about, Pastor Eugene. I said, what do you got? He goes, uh, Liz and I, his wife Liz, he goes, they have two daughters, two beautiful daughters, and, and Victor and Liz wanted to try again because uh, they wanted, it's a man thing. He wanted a man cub. And so they, they and she got pregnant. And then they lost the baby. And, and just went through that. And, and, and they talked about what are the possibilities of us trying again. And, and the, the church family circling around their, 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 their community, the worship team, and everybody just loved on them, walked them through that. And, and they started talking about, should we try again? And they started going, anticipating what could happen. Like, what if we lose the next baby? And finally, faith just rised up in both of them. They said, you know what? We're just going to believe. We're going to look ahead, and instead of walking in fear, we're going to walk in faith. I said, come on, man of God. And then, of course, he grabbed his britches like this and said, I went up there and did what I needed to do. (laughs) Some of you will get that later. Well, we just celebrated. Can I just show you this picture of someone not walking by fear and complaining, but walking by faith? And there is little baby right there. Okay, can I just point out one thing on little Victor Jamarcus LaFontaine? Look at this picture right here. I want you to look at the paws on that boy. That, that, boy, that baby's hand's bigger than mine. I said, Victor, that is going to be a Hammond B3 organ player right there. I've been praying for one, and there he is in Jesus' name. Can we give God all the praise? Someone said complaining and worrying are cousins. That worrying is just what you say to yourself, but complaining is what you say out loud. You know what Jesus is going to talk to us? Did you know that he talked to us in Matthew chapter 6 to the very days that we're walking through now? 
He is going to say to us, do not worry about tomorrow. Anticipating hunger tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow, for every day has enough concerns in each one of them. He said, then I want you to consider something. I want you to consider the lilies of the field. They did not spin, they did not toil, yet Solomon was never clothed as beautiful as they were, and that God would tend to them to make sure they were gorgeous for you and I to see. Do not, did you consider the sparrow? He doesn't plant and try to bring crops forth so he can eat, that the Lord tends to every one of their needs and feeds every single one of them. Consider them. And then he would go on to say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Do not look into the future and anticipate hunger. Look into the future and anticipate God in Jesus' name. Do you receive that? Watch this. You brought us out here and starved to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down from heaven for you. Each day the people can go and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I'm going to rain something down from heaven. I'm going to test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they will gather food and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So he said, I'm going to rain down from heaven food. And they can gather each day what they need for the day. Even on the sixth day, they can gather twice as much because the seventh day, Sabbath, it hasn't even been instituted, but it's about to be. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening, you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I, I'm, I'll put a smiley face beside this one. As if they haven't already realized it. What is it about us that we forget? How long does it take? Someone said that gratitude is the shortest lived emotion. Why why is that? Because once someone does something for you and you go, oh, I need to say thank you. And you go, hey, I just want to tell you, thank you. It's like checking the box. I express my gratitude, and then the emotion is now gone. That's why we start off with worship, singing to the Lord every single Sunday. So we go, no, no, that's the first thing we need to do is to come in and say, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, because it's the emotion that lasts the least amount of time. Gratitude. Everybody tracking with me? So watch this. He goes on, he says, by everything, you'll realize it's the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are, this is Moses talking, which are against him and not against us. What have you done that you should complain? What have we done that you should complain against us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning for he has heard all of your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord and not against us. I want you to be careful about complaining because sometimes you will aim it at one person and it's really not at that person. It's really about your lack of faith and trust in 
It's my boss. It's Pastor Eugene. Oh, bring it on. I'm teasing. You really, you you have to be careful. In verse number nine, then Moses said to Aaron, announce this entire community of Israel, present yourselves before the Lord for he has heard your complaining. And Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel and they looked out, this is important, and they looked out towards the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Okay, let's go back to the beginning of the chapter. They were looking to the wilderness and were anticipating hunger. Now Aaron's saying, no, God's gonna bring, he's going to bring food for you in the morning and he's going to bring quail at night. Now I want you to look at the wilderness and they started looking at the wilderness and they didn't see hunger, they saw God. You're not, you're not picking up what I'm laying down. You're either seeing hunger in the future or you're seeing God in the future. No, no, you're not, you're not picking up what I'm laying down. Two of you are. You're either seeing God or you're seeing hunger. We've been praying for revival for a long time. You know when revival comes? When you need it. If we've ever need revival in our nation, we need revival now. The world has gone nuts. It's going to get nuttier. I'm telling you, it's going to get nuttier. You got things happening down in news. Man, if you watch too much news, you're going to be depressed. You're going to see hunger. You're going to see things, the Roe versus Wade thing that's coming down. You're going to see all this. I'm with you. I was talking with a man in our church going, they're about to get the law. Thou shall not kill. We're about to, we're about to get that. And, and we're seeing this happen in children. And I know there are people in our church, I've prayed with ladies, Heidi and I both have, who've walked through that, repented of that, found the grace of God over that. There was forgiveness of all sin and, and received forgiveness and grace and mercy. But I'm telling you, this, this, is, this is gonna be a pivotal moment in our history if revival comes to our nation. And you could look into the future and you can see nothing but hunger and lack or you can look into the future and say, wait a minute, God's in the middle of all of this and he's gonna be with us and he's about to do something. Are you tracking with me? I said, are you tracking with me? So I, I, want, you, I want you to hear that. Watch this. I want, so he said, I want you to look to it. I want you to look to the future and they're seeing God now. Now watch what happens. Because I'm gonna get you somewhere here. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening, you're going to have meat to eat, and in the morning, you'll have all the bread. Everybody say bread. bread. You're going to have all the bread that you want. It's, it's, it's important to note that God calls it bread. Victor, come help me. It's going to take me a minute. He calls it bread. Then you'll know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. 
And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. And when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. And the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. And they said, what is it? it?" And they asked each other and they had no idea what it was. Okay, everybody track with me just for a second. What are we going to eat? Did y'all bring us out here to kill us? The Lord has answered. He's going to bring quail at night and he's going to bring bread in the morning, but it'll be on the ground. Now, I don't know about, I, we, Heidi and I don't, I live in the country. I am a country boy. I'm practically a farmer. How many of you know better than that, don't you? I do have a John Deere tractor. We, have, we, we call it, we live on the farm. That's what we call it. Okay, just, just so everybody doesn't have this picture of me out there farming. We have three dogs and five chickens. And that's what we call a farm. Yeah, we work in it. We work in the ground, people. We work in it. We're, we're salt of the earth, people. And, 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 and Heidi will do, have, have you ever, she'll, in the evening before we walk the dogs and get the dogs out the kennel, she says, we got to put the chickens up. And they, she's practically trained the chickens to, to follow her. She's got the little, these little snacks, chicken snacks. That's right, folks. These are real farm chickens. They got snacks. Never heard of them, but we got them. And she'll, she'll, she'll do this and they'll follow her. She'll say, come on, ladies, ladies, come on. And here they, here they come every day. They do the same thing. But, and there's always one or two. They'll get stubborn sometime. They're going, I ain't going. And she'll say, get, Eugene, come catch this chicken. How many of you have ever tried to catch a chicken? And so I'll get out there and go, baby, huh? If you've ever tried to, and I've got cat-like skills. And I'm going, baby, why don't you catch the chicken? No, I don't I get all sweaty. We country. Quail at night. Have you ever tried to catch a quail? They even smaller and faster. And you got to try to catch a quail. It's like, you got to, oh my God, to eat. I got, I got to work. And then in the morning was bread. That's what God said. Bread. And, and here's, what, here's what commentaries have said, that it was almost like they had to, oral tradition was that they had to go out and sweep it. You had to sweep it up. So you had to go out and, whew, you had to get it. In other words, God would provide it, but you still had to go and you had to go get it. He would provide it, but you had to go, you had to go get it. It's nighttime. And, and so they, that's how, that's how they, they worked it. They had to go, they had to go and get it. And, and this is what they called it. God called it bread, but they called it manna. Manna, which means not bread. That's not bread in Hebrew. Manna does not mean bread. Anybody know what manna means? It means, what is it? That's what it means in Hebrew. What is that? What is it? It's like boudin. 
come on, you don't really know what boudin is. Heidi said, yeah, it's it's just rice and meat. I go, no, no, rice and meat can't taste that good. There's something else in it to make it taste like that that none of us really know. It's Cajun manna. Could you imagine if it was boudin every morning? Wouldn't that be incredible? You, you had to, you had to, you had, you, you had to go get it. Man, what is it? Here's what Hebrew oral tradition states. Watch this, this is important. That children said it tasted like milk. Young men and women said it tasted like bread. Old men and women said it tasted like honey. Old honey, young bread, young kids said it tasted like milk. Wait a minute. It's just, what is it? Manna. But yet, all three said, I don't, when, when you're young, you know, when you're, ba- when you're a baby, milk is important, right? Because I don't like milk now, but I think maybe my, my mom's here. Maybe I liked milk as a child. So when your baby is like milk, I just need milk. I don't like name. I like milk. I don't like milk. But when it's a baby, Johnny, you like milk because you're still a baby. That's why you like. <laughs> but, but and then bread. When you're young, you just want bread. I just want. I mean, you know, bread's good. I like bread. Bread. And then and then as you get older, and then somebody told me after service, they said the older you get, that your taste buds are less. Uh, refined, they become le- they become less sensitive, and that's why the older you get, the more you like sweets. So if you like sweets, you old. I like sweet. Well, what's the point? The point is because if you'll go out in the morning, you'll get what you need. Whatever you need is what God will give you in the morning because he already knows what you need. The scripture says he knows what you need before you even ask it. And if you'll go and get the manna in the morning, if you'll be there, he'll make sure that you get what you need because you may need something different than what I need and he'll meet you and give you what you need. Are y'all tracking with me? Somebody ought to just give God praise for that. I'm just telling you. Watch. And Moses told them, watch this. I'm going to keep going. I'm, I'm going to verse uh, 15, 15 and a half. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Watch what instructions. Each household should gather as much as it. What you need, pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot and some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until the morning. This is important. 
but some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until the morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. And Moses was very angry with him. And after this, the people began to gather food morning by morning, each family according to its need. What's it saying to us? What's God saying to us? What's he saying to you? In order for you to have faith for the future, look, if you're complaining about the future, it makes the past look brighter and the future look dimmer. Oh, back in the day, I remember, I could have gone pro. No, shut up, you could not have. That's men talking right there. I, I could have. I think I could have gone pro. No, you couldn't have. If, I, no, I look ahead and I see, I anticipate hunger. No, I look ahead and I anticipate God. He's going, good. Here's what you're going to need to go through this wilderness. You're going to need this to walk through the wilderness that we're walking through as a nation. You're going to need to go out every single morning and you're going to have to get manna. Here's what people would do. They would get, they say, oh, well, if two quarts gets me through the day, why don't I just go, this is a man, it had to be a man. Well, if two quarts will get me through the day, I'm going to go ahead and get four quarts because I don't want to, I'm going to sleep in in the morning. And he said, no, no, it's full of man. Let me tell you what, let me translate that for you. You can't live on yesterday's revelation. Baby, that revelation done come, it done pass. You still, you eating it, throwing it up, eating it again, throwing it up, eating it again. God's going, no, I've got a new word for you. I've got something for you new every single day. You may eat it and you may go, I don't even know what that was for, but it may be for somebody else that you're going to meet at the office going, I just read that today in my word. I just, I just, I, I, I got something for you today. You're going to need it morning by morning. Listen to me. You cannot. Oh, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Pastor Eugene going to feed me like a little bird. If all you eat is on Sunday morning, you're going to end up drying and you aren't going to make this journey, baby. You're going to have to get up in the morning and start feeding yourself on the word. Troy, can I get an amen? You're going to have to feed morning by morning, little by little. You go, well, I can only get a little. He said, those who gathered a little, it was enough. Those who gathered a bunch, it was enough. Just, I got to get the word. I got to get the word. Watch this, because let me, let me show you. What manna, what is it? What is it? What is it? They couldn't figure out what manna was. Is it honey? Is it bread? Is it milk? John 6:35 Then Jesus declared, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty." What is it? It ain't a it, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. And he would say, this is how you should pray. Come on, you know this one by heart because you learned it as a child. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the next line? Give us this day our daily bread. 
Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There is a book. They didn't have the book back then. And he said, look, if you want to make it in the future, and we're going to walk through some tough times, most exciting times. We need revival in our nation. I said we need revival in our nation. God has to do something. Pastor Jacob always says, you know what revival is? It's when God shows up because he's so tired of being misrepresented. It's when he shows up and just said, but you got to go get the bread. You got to go get it yourself every single day to feed in order to make it for the future. Are y'all receiving what I'm laying down? I, I'm going to get him to, to tell it. I, I left early service and I caught a man in the foyer. And this is, hap- this is happening. I don't know. God's up to something. I mean, that's my only explanation. Uh, he just got diagnosed with cancer. And he, his, his testimony was, I, I, I looked to the future, and here's what I anticipated. Chemo or radiation. I went, they did the biopsy, cancer, PSA levels, wanted to do an MRI, they take me through the MRI machine. They put the goggles on me and said, do you want to watch, which some you want to watch or listen to? I don't, they do that now. I haven't had an MRI in a long time. So I, I didn't know you could like be entertained while you're in the MRI, the machine. You know, that's the machine they, they take you through. I'll tell you Heidi's MRI story another day. And so they, they put, and he, and he said, just some music. What kind of music? Uh, Christian music. And so he goes in thinking, chemo or radiation? And he goes in, he said, and they're listening. He said, Christian music, contemporary Christian music. He goes in, and he said, man, they were just playing every hit. A lot of songs we sing at church. And so I'm just in there just, just, just worshiping, because you got to be real still. You can't just, just worship, thanking God, worshiping the Lord. And he goes, then I fall asleep. Because they left me in there for a long time. I just fell asleep. And then finally, the machine just starts coming out and I start I guess I got to get up and he said I woke up and the first thing out of my mouth because I don't even know where it came from I wasn't thinking this it just came out of my mouth thank you for my healing thank you for my healing did you know that the scripture says healing is his children's bread healing and so he gets up thank you for my healing thank he said then they i go to my appointment mri and the doc goes it's not there he goes what do you mean it's not there he goes it's not there and he goes thank you jesus i've been healed thank you jesus and the doc goes no 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 you still got cancer but i can't find it Healing is his children's bread. If you need a healing in your body, 
Would you just stand to your feet right where you're at? We're going to pray for you right now. Just stand up. Just don't even don't worry about it. Just go, man, I, I want the bread. I want the bread. Just stand up to your feet. All over, all over, all over, all over, all over. If you're near someone, would you mind just reaching over right now and just putting your hand on their shoulder? Come on, we're just going to pray right now for healing. We had, we did, we have, we, we had a single mama from a single mama's banquet who had to have a kidney. Went to go get the kidney transplant. They retested on her kidney. She doesn't need a kidney transplant anymore. They said there's nothing wrong with her. She's fine. She said she got healed in church, our Savior's church. She said, I got healed. We're going to pray for healing to come to bodies right now. Healing. Father, you said that the bread of heaven would be our healing, would be your children's bread. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray over these bodies. Would you lift your hands to heaven? Just come, you're receiving it. Father, we pray over healing over these bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you know every single one that's needed in this room. You know every doctor's report. Father, you know the charts. You know the numbers. Father, we pray right now that you would begin just like flip it over on top of its head. Father, adjust it in the name of Jesus. Adjust the numbers in these bodies right now in the name of the Lord. We pray for healing to come. It is your virtue from your cross to our bodies. May we be healed in the name of Jesus. Tumors shrink and die in Jesus' name. Tumors shrink and die in Jesus' name. We pray for the healing of bodies right now. We thank you for it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for our daily bread, our daily bread. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise just like he did it. Just like he did it. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Every head bowed and every eye closed. I, I just want to give an opportunity. No one's moving around. Just, just, just five, three minutes. You're here today and maybe He's not the Lord of your life. And you know it. There's no use in pretending. You've been the Lord of your life. He's not the Lord. You're the Lord. And maybe today's the day that you go, I got to get off the throne and I got to let him be on the throne. I got to let him be the Lord. Jesus, a man by the name of Nicodemus, ask Jesus, "How how how do you receive eternal life? How do you do it? And he said, A man must be born again. You have to be born again. There's only one way, born again. And you go, God, how do you do that? Nicodemus asks, that's not possible. I can't be born again. And Jesus said, you're talking about flesh. I'm talking about spirit. You can be born again. How do you do that, Pastor Eugene? Hey, I think you just have to admit you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus came. It's the reason he came lived a sinless life on this earth and he went to a cross to be the substitute the penalty payer he paid my penalty my sin debt and he paid your sin debt and then see confess him as lord of your life so today that means just make him the boss and today if you'd like to pray to receive this jesus to be born again i want to pray for you and with you would you just say, nobody's looking at me. Would you just lift your hand up all over the room and say, that's me today. I see your hands. You can put them right back down. Thank you. Thank you. I see hands all over the room. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? This is not a magic prayer. 
this is just, it has to be a cry of your heart going, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus, to live his way. And if you're ready, pray this prayer and God will come and reside in your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you face hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin to be born again. Let's declare this. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise for that?